Good afternoon, Lafayette. Welcome to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. You will not have to deal with the traffic of a visiting vice president today. Apparently, she heard the end of my show yesterday, me criticizing that she was coming down here to talk about broadband internet infrastructure instead of being in Washington, D.C. to assist with what's going on in Ukraine because she canceled the trip. That announcement came, I think, like right after the show went off the air yesterday. Or at least I didn't hear about it till right after. Maybe it was announced before. But I'm going to assume that this show is that influential because you guys make it that influential. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. We are almost at the weekend, a long weekend for some of us. It is the Mardi Gras weekend. Thank goodness, because we all need a little bit of revelry to bring the joy back into our lives. If you're out there looking at the traffic board real quick, because it is Friday and Friday traffic can be hectic. Uh, Carmel Drive looks like there's some traffic control out there. Uh, Northeast Evangeline in Karen Crow. Looks like a vehicle accident there. Be careful around there. Vera School Road at Amar. Vehicle accident uh, on Ella. There is uh, a vehicle accident and I-10 eastbound. Vehicle accident with injuries. So be careful out there. Uh, be keeping an eye out for the traffic conditions as we continue into this revelrous weekend and early next week. So there is a lot still to talk about Ukraine. Lots of developments today. We're going to go over those. Your calls, 232-1542. You guys uh, called in a lot yesterday to take part in that conversation. So if you want to talk about that in the coming segments, gladly we'll uh, discuss that situation with you. Here is the lay of the land as of right now. The European Union and now the United States, we we have announced, uh, we should have done this much earlier, but uh, the European Union... UK and now the US are all agreeing to uh, impose uh, financial sanctions on Vladimir Putin's personal accounts. So any personal assets that Putin has in any of these territories, they will put sanctions on. Biden originally kind of waffled on the question, saying that it was hard to pinpoint exactly where those assets were, but they apparently have pinpointed them and they are announcing those sanctions. Wherever they find those accounts, they will freeze them. At the same time, NATO is now enacting emergency powers that would tap into reserve forces, including I think the number was somewhere between 7,000 and 8,500 U.S. troops in NATO territories. Now, that does not mean that we're sending troops into Ukraine. Ukraine is not a NATO member, but U.S. forces will be sent in to help defend other NATO countries if Russia gets aggressive along those borders. Add to that, Finland now looks like it's ready to opt into NATO. They've been toying with it for years. The Russians aren't happy about that bit of news getting out there because Finland has a long and proud history of killing Russians. Long and proud to them. Uh, They have fought Russians and won on occasion. So Finland, uh, which is not a member of NATO, but has kind of, they've been invited. They've kind of toyed around with the idea They're now looking at opting into NATO. Ukraine has had lots of civilian evacuees. A lot of them, about 50,000 and counting, have gone to Poland. And Poland is gladly accepting them because Poland, you may or may not know, has seen this movie before and they know how it ends. So Poland is getting its forces ready. They are taking in Ukrainian refugees And they are doing what they can to make sure that their borders stay safe as well. 
the U.S. is still not committing to sanctions on Russia's energy production. And in fact, we, we need to talk about this. Biden countered his own White House yesterday in his speech. We didn't have a whole lot of time to dive into the speech yesterday. Um, but one of the things that Biden did was he countered his own administration. For weeks, his administration said that the threat of sanctions on Russia were meant to deter a possible attack on Ukraine. Yesterday, during his speech and question and answer session with the media, Biden said the sanctions were not meant to prevent an attack, nor did anybody expect them to prevent an attack. So apparently somebody lied. On top of that, uh, a Reuters reporter at a press conference yesterday with uh, the White House's Dalip Singh, uh, Reuters' Stephen Holland asked, targeting the Russian energy industry is totally on the table. Is that what you're saying? And Singh replied with, what I'm saying is that our measures were not designed to disrupt in any way the current flow of energy from Russia to the world. That is important because it basically means that Russia is currently, as a country, not facing any sort of economic impact from the rest of the world over its actions. Russia is straight up violating the sovereignty of Ukraine and violating multiple international agreements. And they are, as a result, not going to be punished for it in terms of their energy production. The Ukrainian, uh, the Ukrainian military is fighting back. There are lots of reports of, of, of more than 1,000 Russians dead. Uh, there was this one really awesome report about the ghost of Kiev, is what they're calling this, this one lone fighter pilot who has won six one-on-one -on -one engagements with Russian fighters. So there is some fighting back in Ukraine, but the uh, European Union, NATO, uh, U.S., we're not using all of the tools available at our disposal to take on Russia. Now, in the, in the news report just now, you had a quote from Bill Cassidy, and you had the report that Cassidy doesn't think we should send U.S. forces into Ukraine. Cassidy's answering a question that nobody's really, truly, seriously asking. Nobody is expecting the U.S. to send troops into Ukraine. That's never really been on the table, nor should it be on the table. Multiple callers yesterday were kind of reinforcing that idea that we shouldn't. I agree. We should not be sending troops to Ukraine, but we should be giving using every other tool available at our disposal to help Ukraine. And that's just not happening. So those are kind of the updates for right now. Lots going on on the world stage. Uh, in particular, I think the one to really pay attention to is whether or not Finland actually does opt into NATO because that will change the face of this conflict quite significantly because Finland has no qualms about going after Russia. They are very openly ready to go after Russia. Oh, and one other thing. Uh, NATO did release some intelligence reports today that they are really sure Ukraine is not the only item on Russia's agenda. There are some territories in Romania that are clamoring for Putin to come in and take over. But Romania is very much uh, an ally of ours. And, does, and, and in general, do, they don't want the Russians to come in. It's just these couple of territories, probably puppet territories like the two Ukrainian territories that declared independence the other day. And that gave Russia its way in. Russia not happy with sanctions, not happy with the fighting back that Ukraine is uh, is going on with right now. Uh, Putin today in another uh, speech or press event 
uh, calling Ukrainian leaders drug addicts and neo-Nazis. Keep in mind that, uh, including Ukraine's leader, Ukraine has a large Jewish population. And to call the country a group of Nazis is, is, you know, just flat out incorrect, but also completely expected when you're trying to get the propaganda out there to justify your actions. 232-1542. If you want to join in the conversation, talk about the Russia-Ukraine situation. When we come back, Biden's legacy of abandonment, where Ukraine and other issues are concerned. All that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk, 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. Also join me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. I promise to be more active there. Uh, it's been kind of a, a tough week to do so, but I promise I will be uh, more active on Facebook in the coming days. And if you've missed any part of the show, there is a podcast version, Apple, Spotify, wherever you might get your podcasts. Let's jump to the phone. We've got Mike on the line. Mike, good afternoon. How- I'm sorry, Mike, call back in if you're listening. Sorry about that. Uh, we do want you to, to call in 232-1542. In the meantime, some breaking news. The CDC is now uh, changing its guidance. It has now updated its guidance for the, de- uh, for the coronavirus, now reversing its masking requirements and other things. We'll get into that in a little bit. We've got a caller. Caller, good afternoon. How are you? I am well. Thank you very much. What's, your, what, what's on your mind? Well, this is Mike. You just cut me off. Uh, Sorry, that was, that was a total okay. accident. That happens. Uh, just a couple of things. One, have you heard about the Alamo in the Ukraine? Uh, no, not specifically, no. Okay. A small island, uh, 13 Ukrainian nationals. Mm-hmm. They were uh, uh, connected to a... Russian ship uh, destroyer who basically said, lay down your arms, surrender, and uh, no one will get hurt. Mm-hmm. Their reply was uh, not safe for work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I was, I was worried to where you were going to go with that. <laughs> so Russians just uh, destroyed it. Yeah. Oh, one other small thing. Uh-huh. Eh, not so small. Uh, according to the U.S. Embassy in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Did you know that we had eight U.S.-based labs, or U.S. labs, uh, working on uh, pathogens and such in the Ukraine? I did not know that. Was that more of Fauci's gain-of-function research? Oh, my. my. (laughs) Those just happened to be targeted by uh, the Russians. Ooh, that's not good. That's not good at all. That's a big surprise, isn't it? Yeah. Um, thank you, Mike. Thank you very much for the call and the info and, uh, look forward to, uh, hearing you more on the show. Uh, if anybody else wants to call 232-1542, glad to have you in again, uh, before, before that, uh, the breaking news of the moment, the CDC is updating its guidance, uh, that says most U S countries do not qualify as at risk areas. I'm sorry. Counties do not qualify as at risk areas for COVID-19 and can therefore drop their mask requirements. Not that a lot of these places were doing so, but the CDC has held fast to the mask requirements thing for weeks, even after Democratic-led states were dropping it. Clearly, the polling is now to the point where even the CDC and the federal government's like, oh, we got to drop it. So that's where we are on that. 
Um, CDC Director Walensky told reporters on Friday this new framework moves beyond just looking at cases and test positivity to evaluate factors that reflect the severity of the disease, including hospitalizations and hospital capacity, something we've been shouting about for weeks, by the way, and helps to determine whether the level of COVID-19 and severe disease are low, medium, or high in a community. So they are now following what the rest of us have been saying for weeks and following not the case numbers, but the severity and the hospitalizations uh, associated with the disease. So the CDC is reversing its guidelines on that. Clearly, the polling is not great. The polling continues to not be great for Biden all the way around. And this is just one area where they can try to ease it. But it may be too little too late. So that is the most breaking news there. Uh, I want to talk about real quick, uh, before we get back to the Ukraine stuff. Well, actually, this is kind of related to the Ukraine stuff. Let me pull up this, uh, this bit here. If I can find it, a new ABC Washington Post poll has um, has most Americans approving of more sanctions on Russia. And a lot of Americans are disapproving of Biden's handling of the situation so far. So with the CDC guidance here with the regular polling that's been coming out and just not looking good for the Democrats and for Joe Biden, uh, you can expect to see more and more of that in the coming days. A Fox News poll, in fact, speaking of polling, uh, also showing that two thirds of voters are concerned about the Russia-Ukraine situation uh, and disapprove of Biden's handling. So, whoops, sorry, I hate autoplay videos. Whoever actually invented autoplay videos on the internet, uh, they actually were working for the devil at that time. There, there is no convincing me otherwise. Most voters, according to Vox News uh, and their polling, are concerned about the situation between Russia and Ukraine and think what happens there matters here at home. According to a Fox News survey completed before Russian President Vladimir Putin launched an attack on Ukraine overnight on Wednesday. So this is the poll before the attacks, and uh, this is these were the results. Uh, the U.S. not tough enough on Russia, 56% of Americans, uh, 8% saying too tough, 29% saying about right. So about two-thirds of voters believe that Joe Biden's sanctions on Russia are not enough. So this is, uh, again, just the polling continues to be bad. For Biden, and it's not getting any better, no matter how, what he does in this situation. And the the problem here is that Biden is just ensuring that he has this legacy of abandonment. He abandoned Americans in Afghanistan after during our withdrawal process. He abandoned Americans there. As a result, probably that's what made Putin feel more comfortable about launching an invasion of Ukraine. 232-1542, if you want to call in. I want to stop there. We want to take a quick call real quick before we go into this break with Lynn. Lynn, how are you today? Good. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Hey, Mardi Gras weekend, man. Can't exactly. be better than that. 
Exactly. What you what what's on your mind? <laughs> uh, listen, uh, I'm not the smartest man in the world, mm-hmm. but uh, if Biden had any kind of sense, he would take away all of these restrictions on energy. And we would go back to being energy independent, and that would put more pressure on Russia than any sanctions that he could come with, because that would cut into their sale of their oil. Absolutely. That is 100% correct. Lynn, thank you very much. we got to wrap up and take this break, but thank you very much for the call. 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. When we come back from the break, I've been teasing it now, Biden's legacy of total abandonment. We're going to talk about that when we come back after this break here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Glad to be with y'all today. Do y'all drink coffee? Just, you know, so Brandon walked in here. We've been talking about coffee. So community coffee has uh, this this seasonal flavor out, Irish cream. Unfortunately, not like Bailey's Irish cream in it, but it, it tastes like that malty Irish cream. And it's a very, very good flavored coffee. And it's you know cheaper than like buying the Starbucks flavored coffees at the grocery store. But you can get those. And that is one of my favorites. Now, Community also has this vanilla waffle cone flavored coffee. That is, it's, it's a pretty mild vanilla and kind of caramelly flavor to it. I like straight coffee. I, my, the Community Breakfast Blend is one of my go-tos. But... I like trying the different flavor ones. The only one that has not been a home run was the chocolate-covered strawberry flavor, which tasted like absolute garbage. So I do not recommend that one if you see it on the shelves. I also don't know why it was on the shelves in, like, fall and winter when that's clearly like a February seasonal thing for Valentine's Day. But it was awful, so don't buy that for your Valentine if you ever see it. 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. So my morning column at my newsletter, kitchenpundit.substack.com and at redstate.com, Biden's legacy of total abandonment. There has probably, and, and I had to go back and think about this because there, there are a lot of presidents that have been totally unprepared for what's, come, what's been thrown at them in office. I don't think, though, that anybody has been as unprepared for the foreign policy requirements of the office like Joe Biden. And that includes Barack Obama, who completely misread the room on several things in terms of foreign policy. But Joe Biden walked into office unprepared for what was about to be thrown at him. He had this idea in his head that he wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan. And that was a total disaster, made the U.S. look completely inept in foreign uh, military uh, strategy. He entered the public stage in front of a world that looked with a skeptical eye on the U.S. After Barack Obama and after Donald Trump, the world was very wary of what the U.S. was presenting. And in the months since he came to office, Biden's hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan was a huge black eye on American credibility. There was no clear exit strategy. It was an absolutely brutal toll on any faith that people might have that the U.S. could be a force for good in the world. His speech and follow-up answers to reporters' questions yesterday did even less to inspire confidence. I mentioned that he, countered, he, he contradicted his own administration by saying that his economic sanctions were never meant to dissuade a Russian attack and that his own White House is saying that measures to disrupt the current flow of energy from Russia to the world were not on the table. That's what happens when you have to go toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin, but you're a little bit worried 
about, you know, your your uh, poll numbers, because, again, energy prices are one of the reasons Biden's poll numbers are so awful right now. This is on top of yet another war zone that the Biden administration is doing very little to get U.S. forces out of. In fact, private groups, just like they did in Afghanistan, are now stepping up and working overtime to get uh, American citizens and uh, naturalized citizens out of Ukraine. From Reuters, a private volunteer group from Florida said it launched an attempt to usher about two dozen Americans out of Ukraine in the first evacuation of U.S. citizens since the country came under Russian military attack on Thursday. This was a Tampa-based nonprofit, Project Dynamo. Uh, I may put a link. Uh, I'm, I'm going to vet them a little bit if I like them. I may put their link up on my Facebook page. So if you guys want to, uh, if there's a way to donate to them, we can do so. Because this is something that's very necessary. Because, again, the U.S. government is not stepping up. The Biden administration is silent. They are focusing on sounding really stern, trying to come up with good sound bites, but they're not really doing anything. When the dust settles after all of this is over, whatever happens in Ukraine, and I, I don't want to take Ukraine lightly here. It's a big country. It's hard for Russia to conquer and hold on to a big country, but he can take chunks. He can take bits and pieces. He can whittle away at Ukraine. Russia wants Ukraine, and the Biden administration is more or less kind of rolling over. Again, they are announcing sanctions on the personal assets of Vladimir Putin, but again, will not keep the, the best tools at their disposal, will not put those on the table. When the dust settles from all this, the Biden administration will have solidified uh, its only major legacy, which is total abandonment across the world. His administration abandoned Afghanistan and abandoned U.S. citizens there. They've now abandoned Ukraine and European allies over fears of disrupting energy flow out of Russia and further escalating tensions between the U.S. and Russia. Again, this was the guy who said during his campaign that he was the only candidate who could go toe-to-toe with Vladimir Putin. When the time to do so actually came, Biden was more focused on his poll numbers. And again, it's not like we're looking into getting into another armed conflict. We don't want to do that. But we do have the tools available to make it very painful for Russia to invade someone else, disrupt their sovereignty, and disrupt multiple international agreements. And, you know, it's not as though Europe is really asking for a whole lot of help from uh, from the Americans either. And I'm not even sure that they really deserve it. They have opened the door to Russian invasion into Ukraine and elsewhere simply by making themselves dependent on Russia and not being able to do anything about Russia. Remember, this is a group of countries that paid attention to, Gre- to Greta Thunberg on climate change, let themselves be scared by climate change activists, and opened up their national security to threats from Russia simply by being dependent on energy from there. The Russians have control of Europe through their energy. And Italy, Germany, France, all of these countries are very wary of doing anything super serious about Russia because of the flow of energy coming out of Russia. Europe helped create this mess. The U.S., 
helped create this mess. And it's Biden's legacy of abandonment on all of these key issues that has paved the way for Russia to rebuild its boundaries, to go back to Soviet-era boundaries. Not that Putin's trying to recreate a Soviet state. Don't, don't get me wrong here. This is not about rebuilding the USSR. This is about a Russian empire. This is about Vladimir Putin wanting to be a czar in everything but name. He wants a tight dictatorial grip over Russia and its neighbors, and he will do whatever he can to get there. And a lack of strength, a lack of any displays of true strength from NATO, from the Western Europeans, and from the U.S. has emboldened him to go that route. 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. When we come back, a couple more things to address, including Joe Biden announcing formally his pick for the Supreme Court to replace Stephen Breyer. We'll talk about all that and more here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL, 232-1542 if you want to join in the conversation. Earlier today, Joe Biden formally announced his pick to replace uh, Justice Stephen Breyer on the Supreme Court. And that pick is Ketanji Brown Jackson. Uh, now, Jim Clyburn of South Carolina wanted Michelle Childs to uh, replace Breyer. Uh, Childs, I think, was probably a better pick. But uh, uh, you know, more than likely soon to be justice. Uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson is a qualified pick for the Supreme Court. Now, ideologically speaking, she and I are on opposite sides. She's going to be another reliable progressive vote on the Supreme Court. However, some fun information dug up by John McCormick at National Review. Judge Jackson served on the board of a Christian school that held the belief that, quote, we should speak on behalf of the unborn and, consent and contend for the sanctity of all human life from conception to natural death. The statement of beliefs also held that marriage is the uniting of one man and one woman in covenant commitment for a lifetime. Christians should oppose racism, every form of greed, selfishness, and vice, and all forms of sexual immorality, including adultery, homosexuality, and pornography. This was a Christian school that she uh, was on the board of that held these beliefs. I wonder if those questions will come up to her from the progressive side, because anytime religious beliefs are a part of a judge's biography, if they're a conservative judge, they immediately leap into it. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett, in particular, was subject to just some brutally offensive anti-Catholic questioning. And typically, if it's a, somebody who has traditional Christian beliefs and they're a conservative judge, the Democrats will go all out on them. I wonder if some of these members of the Senate Judiciary Committee will have similar questions for Judge uh, Kataji. Uh, Brown Jackson. I doubt it, but that is a very interesting thing. Overall, there is no doubt that she's qualified to be on the Supreme Court, just from a strictly resume perspective. She's a judge. She's on the D.C. Circuit. That is where presidents place people they want to put on the Supreme Court. Um, she, is, she clerked under Breyer. There is no reason that she's not qualified to be on the Supreme Court. 
Now, ideologically speaking, again, she will be a progressive. She will be a solid progressive vote. It doesn't change the makeup of the court, which is, in the best case scenario, six to three conservative. In most scenarios, will probably be a fairly solid four to f- five to four conservative. It will depend on, uh, in particular, Neil Gorsuch and uh, Brett Kavanaugh, who are more um, textualists than they are originalists where the Constitution is concerned, but they are both deeply conservative and endorsed by the Federalist Society, which promotes conservative judges. The thing here, and a lot of the media is focusing on how the Republicans are going to react. How are the racist Republicans going to react to this? Most Republicans probably are going to let this nomination go through just fine. The Democrats and the media want there to be a fight. They need something to throw at the Republicans for November. The Republicans aren't going to win this fight. The Democrats will be united on this in the Senate. It will be a 51-49 uh, vote with Kamala Harris breaking the tie. That being said, it doesn't have to be 51-49, and I'm willing to bet she gets over 60 votes. She will have more than enough Republicans switching sides. But the Democrats and the media want there to be a fight. They want there to be something that they can throw at the Republicans, say, oh, well, you're racist, you're anti-woman, all this stuff. Never mind the horrid attacks that Amy Coney Barrett took as a woman from Democrats. Never mind the attacks that Clarence Thomas has been taking for decades from Democrats. If you were to dare to oppose Ketanji Brown-Jackson, for the Supreme Court, you're a racist and a sexist, which is nonsense. But that's what they want. They want this political fight because, again, they are winning on absolutely zero issues. And they are going to continue to win on zero issues. They are not doing well in the polls. Joe Biden's not doing well in the polls. He thinks this will be a win for him. This will just be politics as normal, uh, business as normal for Washington, D.C. This will have very little effect. The only time that I can really remember that whether or, whether a judge was confirmed or not what had an impact on the elections was actually probably uh, Trump's midterm election. I can't remember any other time before that where the nomination of a Supreme Court judge and the nomination process and the vetting process actually played a role in the elections. But what happened to Brett Kavanaugh during the lead up to the midterms in 2018 was so horrendous, it forced a lot of people to switch to the Republican and probably saved a lot of Republican seats. Truth be told, there are a lot of Republican seats that are probably, uh, probably they owe in thanks to the Democrats going after Brett Kavanaugh the way they did. The Republicans aren't going to give the same level of hate and vitriol to Judge Brown Jackson they are, that, that the Democrats gave to Brett Kavanaugh. Not even the same level that the Democrats gave to Amy Coney Barrett or Neil Gorsuch. The Republicans are going to let this one slide through. Mitch McConnell will actually tell his body you know, we need a bunch of votes out there. Who wants to be the one to do it? Because they're not, they, they won't take an electoral hit, especially the fairly solid Republicans uh, in solid red states in the Senate. They're not going to take a big hit on that vote. 
the ones who may who are up for midterm may have to vote against it just to keep their base happy. But it's really not going to matter all that much to the base. The Democrats really want this fight. And I don't think they're going to get it. But Joe Biden did do a major disservice to Ketanji Brown-Jackson in all this. Because when you say from the get-go, we are going to pick a black woman to be on the Supreme Court, there will be a question hanging over her head. Did she get the job because she is a black woman or did she really earn it? And I'm not saying that she didn't earn it. I think she is qualified for the job, but that question will be there. And that's the question that affirmative action always leaves hanging over the head of those who are hired under it. Thank you guys very much for listening to the Joe Cunningham Show here today on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Again, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. And you can find the podcast version of the show, tonight's ep- uh, today's episode, going up tonight on Apple, Spotify, and every uh, podcast platform you might subscribe to. Thank you guys very much. Have a great weekend and talk to you on Monday.